When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison. I feel like we haven't had a good random Kennedy family story in a while, and I heard an interesting one a few months ago that I think you guys will find entertaining, so that's what our episode will be today. But before we get to that, let's start with our In the News segment. Big news story of the past seven days. First, Judge Lena Hidalgo is the 2021 New Frontier Award honoree. Here's a video from Jack Schlossberg announcing this. Back in 1960, my grandfather, John F. Kennedy, ran for president, and he asked Americans to join him on a journey toward a new frontier. Sixty years later, my generation is answering that call, and the New Frontier Award celebrates the energy, optimism, and bold determination of a new generation determined to build a better world. Judge Lena Hidalgo is leading the way, and her story is as remarkable as her success. Born in Colombia, she came to America at the age of 15 with her family. Within about a decade, she'd already made history down in Texas. At the age of 27, the Democratic challenger was elected judge of Harris County, Texas. Not only is she the youngest person to ever hold that office, but the first woman and first Latina ever to do so. In one of the largest counties in America, Judge Hidalgo has already brought change and progress. It's an amazing victory, and it's about everyone coming together for a better community. When COVID-19 first emerged last year, Judge Hidalgo did what was right well before it was popular or even acceptable. She immediately called for mask mandates and lockdowns, a courageous move that was met with little praise but plenty of criticism. She's also fighting hard to protect civil rights and voting rights to ensure access to the ballot box for everyone in Harris County. She's done the same to reform cash bail and improve public education and is fighting against climate change from the front lines. President Kennedy understood the power of young leaders to change the world and the importance of Texas. Speaking there in 1962, he said, this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. He looked forward. And that's exactly what Judge Hidalgo is doing every day in Texas. Next, I found this pretty interesting. According to JustSecurity.org, later this year, President Joe Biden will face a decision about the disposition of the last of the U.S. government's still-secret records related to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in 1963. With an April 26th deadline looming, federal agencies must inform the National Archives later this month about their plan to release the historic documents or continue withholding them. The archivist is scheduled to make a recommendation by September 26th about the disposition of the records. The president must then decide by October 26th whether to accept or modify the archivist's recommendations. Some 15,834 assassination-related documents remain partially or wholly classified according to the National Archives. Most of these records were generated by the CIA or FBI, and they include contemporaneous reports related to the murder of the 35th president in Dallas on November 22, 1963, files of CIA officers who knew about accused assassin Lee Harvey Oswald, and interviews conducted by congressional investigators in the 1970s. So if you'd like to read more about this, check it out on Just Security's website. 
Now on to the question segment. Therefore, an answer to your question. I got some great questions this week from my Instagram Q&A, so I'm going to answer some of those and then save some for later, too. Okay, so this is one of my favorite questions I've ever gotten because I'm a huge Hamilton fan. Like, I know every single word to my shot. I'm not joking. I would sing it right now, but I won't bother you with that. (laughs) Anyway, it is, do you think Jack and Jackie would have liked the play Hamilton? Him for politics and history, her for the arts. I absolutely think they probably would have adored Hamilton, especially if it was if they were around now, because it's obviously a very modern production in the style, the music and whatnot. Yeah, I think they would have loved it. And the question mentioned that obviously Jack for history and Jackie for the arts, but I feel like they both shared such a passion for both things. They both loved the arts and they both loved history, which Obviously, Hamilton is such a beautiful combination of both, and I think they would have absolutely loved it. I mean, I don't know how you can love Hamilton, just being honest. So that's my answer to that. So the next one, I get this one a lot. I don't, I'm sure I've answered on the podcast before if I have. Sorry, I feel like I have to say that for all my Q&As, but I lose track of all the questions I answer. But this one I wanted to answer because it says, have you been to the JFK Library in Boston? If so, how was it? I have been. It's been a few years, and I adored it. I I adored every second of it. But I need to go back because I feel like the first time you go to something like that, it's a bit overwhelming because it you go to this place where you've studied so many of the things that are housed there that you walk in and you're like, whoa, it's like sensory overload where you just see everything that you've always wanted to see. And it's almost like you you miss things because you're on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. Like I, I took my time there, but I still feel like I kind of sped through it a little bit. So I want to go back again and really, I don't know, just take it all in again and really take the time to stop and look at each and every, like spend the whole day there because we were in Boston just in general and we had never been there, me or my husband. So we kind of checked out the whole city and I want to go spend one if not two days at the library just looking through everything because there's so much to see so yes I have been and it was amazing and I want to go back so badly and if you haven't been and you get the chance go if you're a Kennedy fan you would love it if you're not a Kennedy fan you'd love it but you're probably not listening to this podcast if you're not a Kennedy fan okay last but not least the inspiring clip of the week one of the inspiring notes Here's an excerpt from Bobby's speech delivered in front of the City Club of Cleveland on April 5th, 1968 on the mindless menace of violence. What has violence ever accomplished? What has it ever created? No martyr's cause has ever been stilled by an assassin's bullet. No wrongs have ever been righted by riots and civil disorders. A sniper is only a coward, not a hero. And an uncontrolled or uncontrollable mob is only the voice of madness, not the voice of the people. Among free men, said Abraham Lincoln, there can be no successful appeal from the ballot to the bullet. And those who take such appeal are sure to lose their case and pay the cost. Violence breeds violence. Repression breeds retaliation. And only a cleansing of our whole society can remove this sickness from our souls. 
For there is another kind of violence, slower, but just as deadly destructive as the shot or the bomb in the night. This is the violence of institutions, indifference, inaction, and decay. This is the violence that afflicts the poor, that poisons relations between men because their skin has different colors. This is the slow destruction of a child by hunger and schools without books and homes without heat in the winter. This is the breaking of a man's spirit by denying him the chance to stand as a father and as a man amongst other men. But we can perhaps remember, if only for a time, that those who live with us are our brothers, and surely we can begin to work a little harder to bind up the wounds among us and to become in our hearts brothers and countrymen once again. Now for the episode. As I said, I heard the story a while back and I found it so charming and entertaining. And I spoke about Carolyn last week, so I thought this would be a good fit for right after that episode as well. Today's sources are People, Fox, E, Yahoo, and the book that was the source for most of those articles was The Kennedy Heirs by J. Randy Terabrelli. Some people may not agree with or believe what he says, and I understand because there's a few things I've read that he's written that I don't totally buy personally, but this particular story I do, given the lady's personalities and the structure of the family, and that will all make sense as I get into the story. So here we go. Ethel Kennedy is, especially now, such a central part and matriarch of the Kennedy family. As I've spoken about before, she's such a strong and inspiring woman. I've actually already started working on a full, possibly two-part Ethel episode, but she just has a super tough personality, too. One I'd imagine would be extremely intimidating if you're just coming into the family. In walks beautiful, confident, independent, charming Carolyn Bassett. Carolyn and Ethel first met in September of 1994. This was just a few months after Jackie had passed, and Jackie and Carolyn never had the chance to meet. So I'm assuming that Carolyn meeting Ethel was intimidating to her, almost as if she was kind of meeting like a possible mother-in-law for the first time. So when you're meeting your significant other's family, you obviously want to impress them and for them to like you. Now imagine if they were the Kennedys. The pressure had to be unreal. So Carolyn and John had been dating a while, and it was time to meet the matriarch. When Carolyn asked John what his aunt was like, he responded, She's just Aunt Ethel, Tara Borelli writes. Also, she asked him what she should call Ethel beforehand, asking if she should refer to her as Aunt Ethel, to which John winced and responded, If I were you, I think I'd probably go with Mrs. Kennedy. Then the time came. They traveled to Hyannisport for a big family dinner, and as the Kennedys do, and as we all know the Kennedys do, they start going around the table to be tested on current events and politics. Well, Carolyn wasn't entirely prepared for this, because who would be, honestly? (laughs) I can't imagine the panic I would feel. I would actually rehearse saying my name and one fun fact about myself, like they'd make you tell on the first day of college classes if you ever had to do that. Um, And I would rehearse that the entire time before it would get to be my turn. So an off-the-cuff current event quiz would make me turn bright red and probably want to crawl under the table. Anyway, it gets to Carolyn's turn and Ethel asks her opinion on the federal assault weapons ban. Carolyn gave an obviously unsure answer back, to which Ethel replied, you may want to read up on that. Apparently, Carolyn told a friend that she wouldn't be visiting the compound again. 
Tara Borelli writes that Carolyn tried to fit in, and that speaks to her tenacity and her desire to please John. I have to take a second and talk about History Horde. I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I love this company. And they just released a new item that I know you guys will be equally as excited about as I was. They now have official Kennedy 1960 campaign pins. And when I tell you I was so excited to receive mine, that is honestly an understatement. I've always wanted one, but never knew if the one I would purchase from eBay or wherever would be authentic. Also, I always felt they were kind of priced unfairly. Then comes History Horde with a no doubt 100% authentic pin with a certificate included, incredible display, and an extremely fair price. I couldn't be more thrilled to finally have my own Kennedy campaign pin, and I know you guys will be excited to get one too. The link in the show notes will lead you to historyhoard.com to get your own and use code Kennedy Dynasty for 15% off. Again, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y-H-O-A-R-D.com. That's historyhoard.com. Code Kennedy Dynasty with no spaces for 15% off. As I said, a direct link and details are going to be in the episode description. Don't miss out on holding a piece of Kennedy history in the palm of your hand. Then fast forward to the big, huge Clark fight in 1996 between John and Carolyn that was all over the papers and the news. E says about it, the National Enquirer had a field day when he and Carolyn were photographed and, worse yet, caught on video heatedly arguing in Washington Square Park on February 25, 1996. They'd been walking their dog Friday when witnesses recalled that they just started screaming at each other. She shoved him and John grabbed her wrist and tried to pull Carolyn's engagement ring off of her finger. She was holding Friday's leash, and according to various reports, including the New York Daily News synopsis headlined, Sunday in the park with the George editor, he yelled, you've got my ring, you're not getting my dog. John sat down on the curb in apparent anguish, and Carolyn knelt down to console him, after which they left the park hand in hand. So even though it seemed resolved, it was fairly embarrassing to the family to have such a public spat. Because of this, Ethel invites Carolyn to Hickory Hill for a chat and sends a plane to pick her up. Carolyn took a friend so she didn't have to go alone, and apparently Ethel made a remark about how Carolyn didn't come by herself, which would obviously immediately make Carolyn feel uncomfortable. But then they got candid with one another and had a really open and honest conversation. Ethel was surprised when Carolyn admitted to insecurities related to John, Tara Borelli writes. This next part of the story I'm actually going to share directly from E. So Ethel said, I went through that with Bobby at first, according to the unnamed friend who Carolyn brought with her to Hickory Hill that day for moral support, who shared the story with Tara Borelli. Then I finally got it that the only way to survive in this family is to look in the mirror in the morning every single day and say, you know what? I am enough. Plain and simple. That's it. I am enough. Eventually it sinks in that yes, you are enough and that no one can take that away from you. Not even the Kennedys, Ethel said, according to this witness. Carolyn, I will tell you what I've told my daughters and my daughters-in-law. Be there for your husbands, but do not let them influence you into bad behavior. They will bait you. They always do. I've seen it for years, but you can't take that bait. You must be stronger than that. Translation, no more screaming at each other in public, period. Never in public, Ethel pressed. These men are hotheads. Don't let them goad you into acting improperly in front of the whole world. She also is said to have told Carolyn, I think you're more powerful than any of the other women John has dated. And you know why? Because you're smart and because you have a heart. So don't let John or those reporters or photographers or anyone else change who you are in here. She tapped Carolyn's chest. Do you understand? As I said, that's from E. That's the saga of Carolyn and Ethel's first few meetings together. I just love this story because as I said, I feel like it's such a reflection of them and their personalities. Ethel's just so blunt and rough around the edges, yet sensitive and heartfelt and endearing. 
And Carolyn is so tough and confident, yet showing vulnerability and being natural and human with her emotions and the pressure entering not only a new family, but an American dynasty. The Kennedy dynasty. See what I did there? So that's all for today. Hope you enjoyed this story. And as always, I encourage you to go read more about it for yourself and learn more about these amazing women as well. Don't forget to rate the podcast five stars and write a positive written review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Follow me on Instagram, check out my Patreon, and please consider helping the podcast out by becoming a patron. Buy some Kennedy Dynasty merch and look through my recommendation site on Amazon. All these links are in the show description. Also, a little note about YouTube. You can still listen on YouTube and please subscribe to my channel, but for a bit I probably won't be creating videos like I was. It proved to be a ton of extra work, and since my husband is the tech guy and is working a ton right now, we just really don't have the time for that extra element. So still watch on YouTube if you want, for sure, but there won't be a recording of me for a while since it's pretty time-consuming. So just a heads up, make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and I will talk to you guys soon. Come on and vote for Kennedy, vote for Kennedy, keep America strong. This is Peter. And this is Tom. We want to tell you guys a little bit about our podcast. Tom and I met in college, became best friends, and then teachers almost 20 years ago. Sometimes school just does not allow us to elaborate on the topics that we find interesting, like the real shark attacks that inspired the movie Jaws, or the real historical context to Indiana Jones artifacts. Where does cereal come from? Or are zombies real? Does Ben Franklin really deserve to be on a $100 bill? On our podcast, just like in our class, there are no stupid questions. Just two friends having a lighthearted conversation about history, pop culture, and the context of current events. Listen to History Teachers Talking Podcast from Evergreen Network, anywhere you get your podcasts.